Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of FF Plus, your spoiler-free outlet for movie reviews, entertainment recommendations, discussion, and other fun events. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron, and with me, as usual, is Coles. Hello. Well, tonight is an interesting one, Coles, because we are covering two films that are about the same thing. It's almost like the old disaster movie situation where... They'd put out one movie about an asteroid blowing up the Earth, and then within a few months you'd get another movie about an asteroid blowing up the Earth. And these two films are both about opioids. On top of this, they both start with the letter C, and they oh. each have six letters. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Okay, okay, you're going deep, man. That's you're at, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're absolutely not wrong. So the movies are Cherry and Crisis, as Coles alluded to. Both have six letters. We'll start with the letter C. I guess we'll find out here in a minute if they have any other similarities. We're going to start with Cherry. Cherry stars Tom Holland, Ciara Bravo, and Jack Rayner. It is directed by the Russo Brothers with a screenplay by Jessica Goldberg and the Russo sister, Angela Russo Ostot, and it is based on the novel of the same name by Nico Walker which was a fictionalized account of his life while that he wrote it while he was in prison. What's it about? It is the wild journey of a disenfranchised young man from Ohio who meets the love of his life only to risk losing her through a series of bad decisions and challenging life circumstances. That is, <laughs> you know, it's interesting because we read a lot of like plot synopsis on this podcast because every movie we cover, we kind of put one in there, right? And this is one of the least descriptive plot synopsises I've ever read. Like, there's nothing in this. It doesn't say anything about it being about opioids or him getting into criminal trouble or anything, like, you know, at all. It's very, very bland and generic. I don't know if people like that or not. I guess it's probably some people do, some people don't. But to be a little more specific as we start to roll into this, it is about a man who does fall in love with a woman, and eventually he gets himself into a drug addiction. Um, this come, He has to deal with trauma when he's over in the war and all kinds of other issues that eventually lead to him doing things like robbing banks. And this is really not <laughs> spoilers, in my opinion, because it is based on a memoir, and it's not really about what happens in this story. It's about how it's presented to you. So there's movies that what exactly takes place, we won't tell you how it ends, but sometimes it doesn't really matter as much the like bigger beats of a story. And I feel like those are the things that you would see in a trailer anyway. So here we go, Coles. What are some things that you liked about this one? Tom Holland. He's coming into this film and everybody knows him as Peter Parker and Spider-Man, but I think he does pretty good with handling the material he's given. Now, when we get into the dislikes, I'll go into more of how... The material he's given is not really much, but he does good enough to handle the big heavy moments. There are some moments where he does ham it up a little bit, but given the, it seems like this story, there is a wide area to where you can improvise and where you can kind of like create your own little like backdrop to fit along this chaotic story. And he does a pretty good job of it. I, I wasn't really held by him, but he also wasn't, a liability and that's the best quality i can give to him also i do like some of the visual and stylish choices they do there are a couple of 
aspect ratio changes that are they kind of like hit you like right in your face and you don't even notice them at first but then when you notice them it's like okay I, I like what they're doing with this it's a little bit different you know trying to have some style and other than that I couldn't give you anything else from this um <laughs> the positives okay well Fair enough. Um, I will try and give some as well. I, I would echo what you said about Tom Holland, but for me, I think he's phenomenal. I really liked his dramatic work in The Devil All the Time last year, and I think that this is kind of further representing just how amazing of an actor overall he is. It's really hard when you are kind of typecast as the wise-cracking Peter Parker character. And he's obviously at the point now where he's been in so many movies, he's become such a thing that he's got to start breaking out. And some actors do. Some actors, they just stay in that mold. And I like it that he is challenging himself with this other kind of material. There are times when it doesn't fully work, I will admit. There are times when it's tough to see him as anything other than Peter Parker in this situation, you know, and, and it's, it's hard, man. It is just so hard when you have been in the marketing, the way the MCU machine creates, it, it can be a real challenge to pull out of that. But I think if you are able to do that, that you can see just how deep of a talent he really is. I, I learned that the Russo said they wouldn't have done this movie without him. Like it was with him or not at all. And so that says a lot about how he, you know, is respected in the industry. And I just think he pulls off this transition. He starts off as kind of like a doe-eyed, idealistic kid with big dreams and, you know, wants to be in love and all of these things. And he ends up at this completely drug-addicted, trauma, you know, heavy vet. Uh, and and he, he moves from that to that, I think, really well. So I like that. I think that it's a fairly interesting storytelling method as well, which is it uses his character as his character, Cherry, as the narrator. And we move through his life in parts and it goes, you know, at start, it's like this banal young adult existence in his first love. And then we roll into, as I mentioned, him joining and deploying in the army and then eventually the drug addiction and kind of life of crime. So it's almost like it's, a movie in sections it reminds me kind of like something like um the place behind the pines or beyond the pines um in the structuring of just how we kind of hit different chapters in a life and we see how the mental aspects of that character are changing the stylistic choices you talked about are hit or miss for me i agree with you some of them are pretty fun, and I think that it can do things that it is – okay, they're incredibly authentic with the way that they depict the military. And that part of the choices I really agreed with. The character is extremely immature, and the way that people talk will come off as very immature. But that is because they're real, and and I think that this is – going to be a problem because people are going to see both the stylistic choices uh some of them and then also just the way that characters talk and act and make 
these extremely masculine like comments and like are steeped in American imperialism. That's the military. I hate to break it to you. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but it is accurate. And that's what they're trying to present to us. And I think that's good, but it doesn't make it a fun watch all the time. It makes it kind of gross. And so I think that could be a problem. I do think it has a beautiful score. I love the music for this. And ultimately, for me, I think that the heaviness, it is so, so heavy. The story of that this kid is going through and what you watch happen to him in his life and, and to people around him. But for me, I think it was worth it in the end to go on the journey with him. So overall, I thought it was, you know, a positive experience. But we'll transition. So it sounds like you have some things to say on the opposite end of the spectrum that you didn't like about this one. So I'll let you get to that now. A film is only as good as supporting characters. You can have Leonardo DiCaprio. You can have Gary Oldman. You can have Denzel Washington in the leading role. And everything is supposed to be peachy keen. But if you don't have great supporting characters to kind of balance the journey that the leading character is on, then I'm not really going to be compelled, and this film kind of fit into that mode. Tom Holland, you know, he's doing all the legwork, which he should, but the characters around him, they either come in and go briefly without any mention, or you have characters that are around him, but they're not interesting. There's, he has his girlfriend in the film with him, who is there for him from the beginning, but we never really learn anything about her. I mean, we get little tidbits here and there about her parents and, you know, the problems that she's going through, but she doesn't have a personality. <laughs> I mean, it's mostly just her depending on whatever Tom Holland is doing for her to even have importance in the story. The thing that kills me about the stylistic choices is that it depends on a lot of gimmicks in a way. One thing is the fourth wall breaks. I could not get in, in tune with what they were trying to do with the fourth wall breaks. There will be times where I'm invested, like, I'm seeing cherry go through a struggle or i'm seeing him like trying to get into his mind and then he'll turn to the camera and he'll just pretty much explain what's going on in his head without really me as a viewer being able to allow to see it for myself you know i think the fourth wall breaks are gimmicky in itself you know it's one thing if we have somebody like deadpool whose character is based on like talking to the audience and giving them like little like wisecracks and everything like that but when other films try to do it it films like a prop and it felt like a prop in this film i really didn't get anything meaningful from its depictions of ptsd from drug addiction from war i mean i've seen other films that have done so much better than this like the latter half felt to me like a bad imitation of requiem for a dream like i, I would tell somebody if you want to see a film that does well with showing the pitfalls of drug addiction then go watch requiem for a dream this film, it has its moments, and mostly because of Tom Holland. He's giving his all in the last part of this film. But the way that the Russo brothers and the screenwriters handled the story, I don't know whether to laugh at some of these moments or whether to feel for them, feel for the characters in these moments. Like, the story doesn't really ever get a tone that I can really settle upon. It feels like it jumps from one moment to one moment to one moment, and you don't know where you're going to get from that next moment to the next moment. It, it feels like three films in one because there's almost three parts. There's the beginning where we see where we first establish Sherry, then when we see him go off to war, and then where he's in the pitfalls of drug addiction. But they never really lean in together. Like the story doesn't move 
like we go from the beginning and get to the middle like it never really transverses together if that makes any sense the stylish choices can be distracting it, it feels like they're trying to hide that there's not much substance within the story i feel like the rooster brothers were just out of their element with this film you know i i appreciate their work and the great direction they gave for the mcu but for this film i feel like they were out of their league with this story and i felt in another director's hands it would have been a more capable story and maybe you could have tied down and got a more serious tone for the story because at times i'm wondering is this a satire or is this supposed to be a comedy drama you never really get to terms with what this film is about and it felt like a bit missed for me a big disappointment yeah it definitely is tonal whiplash i wholeheartedly agree with that definitely tonal whiplash it is all over the place and it doesn't feel it's consistent in a way that leads itself to you enjoying the transitions between the parts, which is, I think, kind of what you're hitting on. The stylization, for me, I think you nail. They seem to be trying to cover up what is going on here. And I maybe they're wanting to make a, a case that we're transitioning from a carefree, fun you know, a whole like a, a laughing type of existence into one that is a completely awful one. They've said that this is about the opioid epidemic, but really nothing even happens with the opioids for the first hour of this two and a half hour film. So I have a problem with saying it's about the opioid epidemic. Yeah, it's got a character who suffers from becoming addicted to them, but it doesn't do any of the things that tell you like, what the situations are other than he's got PTSD and so he becomes an addict. So it doesn't really dive much into the problem in America that we have with the opioids in any real way. It is very long. Like I said, two and a half hours long. You would not expect that. We both were like, huh? When we saw the runtime and then sure enough, it feels that way. It is so heavy, like I mentioned. And so that can be a real miserable watch. Like, it's just not enjoyable to see this. Also, another thing is that why is Tom Holland's character narrating everything that's happening on the screen? Like, there is a way for you to use narration, like in a movie like The Shawshank Redemption, where you're kind of getting these gray areas of the story that you're not seeing, but it helps you understand the complexity of the story. But in this film, every time we get to a new moment, Tom Holland's pretty much just narrating what's going on on the screen. And right. It, it makes you wonder, like, is there a way that you could have made this narration come in for important parts or made this more detailed into understanding his inner psyche instead of just pointing out what's happening? Yeah, in the story? no, you're so right. Like combine that with like some of the visual things that they put on the screen and the fourth walls and stuff like that. And it just it becomes sensory overload to me in a way. And I think that they needed to tone that down quite a bit as well. I also... While I don't think C.R. Bravo's performance is anything special, and I agree that the supporting cast is, is just nothing here, you know, Jack Rayner is completely wasted. Like, his character in this could be anybody. Why why get Jack Rayner, in my opinion, who's a very good actor, especially if you've seen Sing Street, to do this? It just, it felt like a terrible throwaway and nothing of a character. And C.R. Bravo is given nothing to work with either, really. Part of the problem for me was like how much she and tom holland 
look like teens and we're supposed to be going over like this period of maybe 10 years, but they still look like teens 10 years later. And, you know, perhaps that could be intentional or whatever, like to inherently make it feel more depressing that they're still young at heart or something, but it just doesn't feel right because it doesn't feel like they age. And that's just how she looks. I mean, it's not a knock on how she looks, but she just has that about her. And it's very hard for her to look like a 30 year old woman at this point in her life. And so uh, it was kind of a tough thing for me as well. And I just think that Overall, it's a mess. Like, I liked it more than you. I was able to enjoy getting through it more than you slightly, but not by a lot. So, would you recommend it? No. Okay, not feeling it. I would barely recommend it, I think, for people who want to see Tom Holland break out of his mold. I think that seeing his performance is worth it, but I'm not going to feel offended if people say that's not for me two and a half hours you know you got to make your choices you and i both were like two and a half hours of a certain other film that we could have covered this week and we both were like not worth it for us so you got to decide what you're willing to spend that long on and if this doesn't sound like the kind of things that typically turn you off then you should check this out but if they are the type of things that you already know are going to trigger you you might as well just move right along and spend that time better off uh, some other way with that being said, let's get to opioid movie number two that starts with a C and is a title of six letters, and that is Crisis, which is about the opioid, which is always called a crisis, so that makes sense. It stars pretty all-star cast, actually, of Gary Oldman, Army Hammer, Evangeline Lilly, Greg Kinnear, Michelle Rodriguez, she gets a cup of coffee, uh, Luke Evans, Lily Rose Depp, Veronica Ferris, Mia Kirshner, and Martin Donovan. It is directed and written by Nicholas Jarecki. What's it about? Three stories about the world of opioids collide. A drug trafficker arranges a multi-cartel fentanyl smuggling operation between Canada and the U.S. An architect, recovering from an OxyContin addiction, tracks down the truth behind her son's involvement with narcotics. And a university professor battles unexpected revelations about his research employer, a drug company with deep government influence bringing a new non-addictive painkiller to the market. There's a lot going on here, and if I could sum this film up in a nutshell, not related to quality, but to stylistic choices, I would say it's kind of like traffic, but with opioids instead of cocaine. So with that being said, to kind of set the stage, Coles, what did you like about this? I like that it paints the opioid crisis. It really shows you the macro impact and the micro impact that this crisis is having in America. The macro impact is that we're seeing a professor, Gary Oldman's character, as he's battling against Big Pharma. He's doing these experiments for this new drug that's coming out. And it's supposed to be the first non-addictive opioid drug. But what do you know? He ends up finding that it's very addictive. And he's coming to terms of finding out that the system, including the FDA, it's really almost an unwinnable battle when you're going against these big corporations when it comes to these medicines that are being put into the market each day. And we're seeing the micro impact of the opioid crisis where we get the mother character. You know, she has to deal with finding out why did her son die from a drug overdose. And it puts into perspective how damaging this crisis has been. It says towards the end of the film, 
like you know the stats that usually wrote up at the end of the credits they show you that more people are lost from opioid drug overdoses than have been lost in the vietnam war so it's a major disruptor and it's not getting much attention so i will give credit for this film being a movie that's not afraid to they're stepping their toes fully wide into this crisis and showing you how damaging it is and i mostly love the performances across the board i mean gary oldman he's always a win um, I hate to say her name because I know I'm going to mispronounce the first name, but you know who I'm talking about. Um, Evangeline Lilly? Yes, Evangeline Lilly. Yes, uh, I know her as the Wasp from the Ant-Man series, but she's great in this. Army Hammer, he's good in this as well. And I really like, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Michael Mann's The Insider with the way it tells the story, especially from Omen's character arc. You know, they're really getting into the nitty gritty of the big business behind opioids and it's very unflinching and, you know, it's not cookie cutter. It's not generic. It's really just matter of fact in the way it tells the story. And I can appreciate that. Yeah, it's not bad. It's nothing special for me. Uh, And we'll get to that. But like it starts off with a really awesome scene and there's just it's a high energy scene. It's got the intensity of a thriller with this drug courier involved and a winter, you know, landscape and dogs and like people going after him. It's very, very highly suspenseful. And the movie as a whole doesn't match that for me until the very end of it. And I was kind of a little bit let down by that because I thought maybe I was getting a slightly different paced movie but because we're dealing with these three different stories it's a challenge and you know you can tell that the director has a challenge like even a great director is going to need to be at the top of his game or her game to be able to go from three distinct tonal stories in and out of them weaving back and forth in a way that you never feel like you're away from one for too long and the story and the plot that's happening in one kind of transitions well and, and feels right as you move into the next one. And so I think that he did a decent job in that. I What I liked about this is being able to see different aspects of the opioid crisis and these three different kind of perspectives, whether it's big pharma and this drug that is supposed to be a non-addictive drug that turns out, of course, not to be non-addictive. Um, we also see the opioid. So we see the opioid crisis from the big picture. We see it down to the drug dealer level and those people just trying to make a buck on the street or the cartels trying to make a lot of bucks on the street. And then we see that down all the way down to the suburban user who is just not a person that has any care in the world. They have a nice house. They Things are going well for them, but they get addicted to this thing. And I liked that because it does hit many different aspects of our society. That's what makes it a crisis. That's what makes it so bad. And we see like the various people and their motivations. So we get to see like the painful effects that the addiction can cause and why different people fight it, whether it's Army Hammer's, you know, DEA agent who has his own motivation in his personal life for why he's on this vendetta. We see Evangeline Lilly's mother and why she's on her revenge trip because of this crisis. And then we see Oldman as course, who I think is great as always as a scientist, like 
he is the character I care about most in this movie. He believes in the, the truth and it being more important than bending to the whims of rich and powerful companies. So he's easy to latch onto and want to root for. And he's Gary Oldman. So he sells it really well. It looks fine. Like it doesn't look bad. It doesn't look low budget or anything like that. We'll move on to, to dislikes. Is there anything you specifically did not like about this one? Well, this, this film is a case of where the subject matter is more compelling than the film itself. I mean, it's really, when you step back and look at it, it's by the number. You know, there's nothing that's really going to grab me to want to watch it again. I can appreciate where it's hard is at, and that's it. You know, the thing I felt that was kind of lacking in the story is Army Hammer's section of the story, where he's a DEA agent and he's trying to stop the distribution network between the Armenians and the Canadians of opioid trafficking through the United States and Canada. But it, instead of more being done with showing more what his character is going through internally, and, you know, they had some glimpses where you see his family and you see that he has a sister who's an addict and how that's weighing on him. But it eventually turns into this by-the-numbers drug crime drama and you know it ends very eventful you know i kind of saw the ending coming from a mile away and with everything else you can just you can just like just sit here watch this and be like yeah you know what i'm going to learn and read more about the opioid crisis but at the end of the day this is not something i would return back to for a watch so for me it's very similar to what you're getting at there is i need a documentary I'm not going to lie. Like when you're touching on all of these different elements, the whole time I kept thinking this is so dramatized that it's ruining any sort of message this movie wants to have for me. Like it's not landing how it needs to land. And it made me think like I would like a documentary very much so that touched on the DEA side of trying to stop this crisis and fight against cartels again. And I would love, a, you know, to touch on big pharma and how science is trying to, you know, intervene and what the struggles are there. And even on a personal level, like with Evangeline Lilly's character and her story, like what it's like for parents of kids who get caught up in this. And I just, there's a documentary coming out called the Oxy Kings. I found it's going to debut at South by Southwest, Coles. And so I definitely think we should put that on our radar because the synopsis for that one is Big Pharma comes under fire in this documentary that digs into the untold story of how manufacturers, distributors, and retailers worked to create and perpetuate the opioid crisis in America. Like, that's what I want, to be honest. And so I think we need to cover that one come South by Southwest here in a few weeks. And I think maybe we'll respond to it a little differently. I thought that Evangeline Lilly's eventual arc becomes so unrealistic and so ridiculous that it, again, it takes it from me trying to care about this on a very naturally, like, realistic level of this being a crisis into that would never happen territory. And so then I start, my whole mind starts doing these gymnastics and I just start checking out. And so... I didn't like it. Like the, the editing and the propulsiveness from section to section, I think was extremely lacking. And I felt like you did where it just seems like they're sort of trying to check boxes of what they think should be in a movie like this with interlocking stories. 
instead of feeling. I, I just don't feel like they feel, felt the flow of this movie very well, uh, and, and it shows. And so uh, this is kind of like Cherry for me in that there's nothing about it that I would ever say is great and that you absolutely need to see it. But I also didn't absolutely hate watching it. Like I was engaged the time that I was in watching it and I didn't mind it. And so, you know, for me, this is just like Cherry. I would say, yes, I'm kind of feeling it. Like if you it's shorter than Cherry. <laughs> so that's got it's got that going for it. And it does have, you know, some good performances and a few interesting, you know, bigger scenes. And it's got some some decent ideas in there, even if everything doesn't come together in a perfect way. So. It's one that I would never recommend people probably pay for, but if you want to wait for it to be free on a streaming service, it's a good one to check out. What about you? It's a lukewarm feeling it for me. Okay, it's, fair it's enough. Like, it's like the equivalent of Mao hot, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's chicken, so it still tastes good, but it's Mao. It takes away the, the no flavor. flavor of hot wings yeah, itself. Yeah, that's fair. Well, we actually never mentioned cherry. So cherry is available in select theaters on February the 26th and will be on Apple TV Plus on March the 12th. Crisis will be in theaters also on February the 26th. Here we go. Dueling opioid movies. Uh, and it will be out on digital March the 5th. So that's your methods to see either one of these films. That's all for us this time on FF Plus. Uh, we hope you found something that piqued your interest and would love to hear what you think when you see these films. So hit us up on Twitter at Feelin' Film and at Black Nerd Magic, or join the Feelin' Film Facebook discussion group. There's a link to that in the show notes. We will be back soon, and until then, keep Feelin' Film. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. These help increase visibility for the show and grow our community of listeners like you. We also invite you to connect with us further by joining our ever-growing Facebook discussion group. A link to that is in the show notes, or you can just search on Facebook and find us that way. If you'd like to continue the conversation with me, you can follow the show on Twitter at Film, or connect with me in the Facebook group. I'm very active in both places, and I'd love to chat. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me at Shoeless Patch on both Facebook and Twitter. But be sure to tag me in any comments so that I'll be notified and not miss you. Once again, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Until then, stay positive. And keep feeling film.